Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. Sir. Great things to you. Yeah, no. While stuffing his face. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sitting Multitasking. I'll join you. This is what this is the content people listen for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is the desperation of two creative dudes trying to keep the dream alive, so that all two of you can enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe three. I don't know. I lost count. So what's new, man? Uh, not a fucking lot, man. It's back at the job thing, which is... Yeah, kinda... back into the grind. Oh, dude, yeah. How's that going? Uh, different sort of hours, different sort of role, but uh, it's just soul, soul crushing. Yeah, yeah. Well, could be worse. You could be at a Morrissey concert. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. That could always be worse. I had to go there, man. I just had to do it. <laughs> um, Although the job does kind of feel like a Morrissey concert some days. Oh, really? Mm. Like, you can hear the... I don't even know what the fucking songs are, but, yeah, you can hear the tunes in your head. You just go, okay. Yeah, it's just that sort of mindless drone of monotony and just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, without getting too deep into it. Yeah, no, no. Fucking dodgy, dodgy-ass fucking company and, yeah. Look, man, this is this is the pandemic of pandemics that we face as a nation. That's why they call us the Aussie Battlers, man, because we, um, we live in an idiot's rule uh, landscape run by idiots and 
uh, yeah, we just battle against unscrupulous odds to uh, keep our dreams alive. I, I I am trying to stay. It's it's difficult, especially with like you know the constant uh, constant parade of fuckery that this year has brought upon us. Mm. Um, but I am trying to stay positive. I'm, I'm like fucking eye on the prize. I've got my long service leave coming up soon. I've yep. applied for a couple of other bill paying jobs, one of which is an absolute dream gig. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Yeah, man. Sounds good. And, you know, even if I don't get that one, it's just like, I just want to move into some, a job that I don't hate. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's a funny misconception in this world. It says, you know, the dream is work nine to five, white picket fence and all that bullshit. I, I think it's exactly that. It's just all bullshit because I, I struggle to find the person that works nine to five in an office that says, fuck yeah, I love my job. Mm. They all look at you like, um, I don't know, that same uh, invaders, in, invade, uh, invasion of the body snatchers type facial expression. Yeah. Like, I've been consumed by the system. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we, we, we should do a deep dive on this one day on like happy days or something. But yeah, the, man. The misconception that like, you know, the the way of life that we've been sold is the only way is really because I mean you know anyone that knows me knows that my whole life is kind of left field yeah and um yeah I'm not saying that shit's easy but I would prefer the struggles of living left field than the monotony of you know 3.5 kids nine to five you know, white picket fence, small floppy dog. Like, I it's a weird, think... yeah, it's a weird visual that people have in their heads. Like, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not casting judgment on anyone that subscribes to this way of life. I mean, there are people. Oh, hey, without... If it works for you, it works for you. Yeah, dude, that's it. I mean, I know people that have that have had the aspirations of, you know, build a nest, have kids, and fucking life's good. Um, yeah, easier said than done, you know, like, yeah. But again, you know, it's not it's not the kind of deep dive I want to take and maybe it's something for a, another time and another show. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the struggle is real. I, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I know I really struggled with it in my 20s because, like, I was working on, you know, my writing and building a career doing film and stuff like mm. that. And I was seeing everyone else, like, you know, pairing off, marrying up, you know, buying the house and all that. And, you know, you get to, like, 26, 27, you're like, fuck, what have I done with my life? Like, have I just wasted everything? But that's the thing, man. It's how you look at it. Like, yeah. Um, some people would frown upon you and go, oh, why haven't you got kids and stuff? You're like, well, show me the rule book that says I have to have kids. You know, like. My bloodline dies with me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I, I quite often question what happiness is to people. Yeah. And, um, as well, I sit here chewing on veggies, good me. I, I, I feel that, um, aside, your veggies aside, I, 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 I know what happiness is to me. Yeah. And that's what I work towards. Um, like that's, that's the one thing that I can say about this year is that it has definitely, solidified for me what I want from 
life and relationships mm. and all sorts of stuff. It's like I know exactly what I want rather than knowing what I don't want. Yeah. And I think that's where it all starts. Freaky Friday is really deep lately. I know, dude. What's going on here, man? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, in 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 some ways, I mean, look, Freaky Friday is supposed to be our deep dive discussion about all things horror related. Let me just say, There's real life is a fucking horror life. movie. Yeah, like real <laughs> life is a fucking horror movie, right? It, it's yeah. fucking. It's there, there's shit going on that's not for the faint-hearted. I mean, dude, like. My recent Happy Days episode this week was with a guy that my conversation went completely left of center to a place I did not anticipate. And, you know, because my understanding was we were talking about, you know, a, 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 guy, a, a awesome class act human helping kids out up north. Um, underprivileged kids yeah. and it turned into him confessing a story about being a, a, a refugee yeah, and the struggles of, you know, <laughs> fleeing a uh, civil war and, and literally almost dying yeah, and spending 18 days on the ocean in the ocean, you know, resting on, his, you know, being a 12 year old kid resting on his, uh, on his dad's stomach um, whilst there were people jumping overboard, committing suicide. I mean, yeah. dude, if that's not a fucking horror movie, I don't know what is. You know? That's it, man. That's that's it. Like, I mean, that's that's the thing. Yeah, is it's a it's a fucking weird, difficult world out there. And I I just think like you know, if you if you find a sliver of happiness, you fucking hold on to that shit. Yeah. And fucking, you know, work at it and try and fucking make it work as much as you can. Like, no matter how long it takes. Like, that's right, man. I mean, happiness can be as simple as finding um, Morrissey records at a secondhand store and, and buying them all them. and burning them <laughs> or burning them in store without buying them, you know? Like, yeah, you probably get burn, burning the store for having the sheer audacity to sell that shit. Yeah, like, but I really think, like, I, I, but you know, not, not, like, again, not to get too deep, but I really, I, I struggle with today's society because it feels like everyone is so, everything just feels so replaceable. It's like you know, yeah, like people, like you know, they. I mean, I, I know someone that like she goes. um it's actually a family member that just goes through like boyfriends and stuff. It's like, if they do one thing wrong, it's like in the bin and onto the wow. next one. And it's like, wow. You work at that relationship. Like, yeah. Like, you know, give it, yeah. Give it a little bit of commitment. Give it, some yeah, time. Like, you know, you don't just like throw someone out just because of one disagreement or, you know, one argument or, or one instance, like, and, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's a family member. I'm, I'm not going to say who, and they don't listen to this podcast anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, it's just really – I just find that – and I see that attitude a lot, and I find it really sad and fucked up that, like, we don't work towards at our relationships anymore with people, like even friends and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you – I just feel like, you know, we've, we've got to stop this fucking everything is disposable attitude. It's uh, oh, it's, look, really, it's really weird. Yeah, I, I'm I'm completely in agreement with you, man. Like it's it's you know, I mean, this is the horror of real life, and um, you know, forgive us for not talking about horror, the movies and everything else around it. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we will, but 
I mean, like the other thing that concerns me is friendships, right? Yeah. Um, the, the I've just in the last year or two, I have just watched a dramatic shift in the social structure of how people sustain a friendship, mm. and it just seems like today's today's friendship is based on liking posts on Facebook or Instagram, yeah. whatever. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, seriously, like, pick up the phone, ring your yeah. friends up, say, how the fuck are you, dude? Like, yeah. it takes, like, five minutes. And, you know, when people tell me, oh, I'm really busy, it's like, fuck off, you're busy. Everyone's busy. Deal with it. Yeah. But make time for your friends, the friends that help you yeah. be where you are today that give you a support mechanism when you're down in the dumps and you need a friend to lean on, your fucking, your real friends are there for you. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I also think it's like, it's not a case of like, you know, if, if so, uh, something that I've noticed recently, cause I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, not to, not to get super wanky. I've been doing a lot of work on myself because yep. there, there, there were a couple of things that happened this year that really, really sort of fucked me up and fucked up my year and they spilled over onto other things that I feel I fucked up because I was, you know, in, in a bit of a mess with like shit that had happened. So I let, I fucked up other things that I really regret fucking up. And um, so I've been like, kind of doing a bit of work on myself and like, you know, get my head straight and, you know, yeah fucking sifting through shit and, you know, reevaluating things and, you know, trying to work towards fixing shit up and stuff like that. And I just sort of think like, you know, man, sometimes like if you're a friend, like, and you've got a friend that's like, you know, fucked up or whatever, you don't have to fix it. Sometimes, no. just, sometimes people just need someone to listen while they talk shit out in their own head and get some validation. Exactly. Like, I've, I've had that with like one of, one of my partners has been mm -hmm. really great. Just like listening to me and giving me her advice and stuff like that. One of my other partners has been doing the same. It's like, look, you know, and sometimes it's nice to know, okay, I think this is the issue. Here is all the evidence I have. <clears throat> Do you think I'm crazy? And it's like, <clears throat> no, you're not crazy. I think you're absolutely right. And yeah. You know, here's some advice or this is what I think you should do or whatever. And I don't know, man, that shit is really fucking helpful. So, I mean, you know, I know people out there don't know how to deal sometimes when like they've got no. a pal who's down in the dumps or whatever. They're like, Oh, I don't know what to say or I don't know what to do. And sometimes I mean, you I, don't have to do anything. That's exactly it, bro. Like you Just don't listen. have to do shit. Mm. All you need to do is listen. Yep. And it really fucks me off when people do all this are you okay shit oh. for one day of fucking year and then mm. ignore people the rest of it because it really fucking bugs me. Like, it's yeah, just like, it, no. it fucks me off too, dude. Like, I mean, we again, you know, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, um, we live in a society that is really dependent on these fucking events to yeah. to give validation or, or, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not dissing on anyone that subscribes to all this stuff, but dude, it's like, Valentine's Day, Easter, yeah, uh, Halloween, and all that. You don't need specific days to celebrate events in life. No, you know, um, are you okay? It doesn't have to be just one day. This can be a weekly thing. Once a week, fucking text your friend, yeah, or call your friend and have a have a a stupid shit talk catch up. I mean, yeah, fuck, we do it really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we made two shows out of it. Um, yeah, I know, right? But um, I, I just I just think like you know, it, 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 I, I, look, 
I, I appreciate the sentiment behind Are You Okay Day, but it should be yeah. every fucking day. Like, yeah. if, if you've got a friend who's fucking gone quiet or, you know, you know is going through some shit or something, like, you know, check in on them. I mean, without without getting too fucking, you know, too too honest, just in case yeah. anyone's listening. Mm. I mean, you, you and me do it, man. Like, we, we check in on each other and fucking... Fucking A we know, do. Like, yeah. hey, dude, you okay? Like, you know, fucking... Yeah. If you're down in the dumps, I'll fucking, you know give you some of my so-called sage wisdom like you know yeah, dude, you'll totally. check in on me and go hey how's shit going like you yep. know you're, you're doing okay like yep. it's just it's so fucking easy it's so it easy and i just feel like it's so weird man because like as a society we're more connected than ever mm. but it feels like everyone's forgotten how to communicate it's like, like the metallica lyric so close no matter how far yeah you know um, it, it's just like everyone's forgotten how to communicate, and it's we one really of those, have. It's one of those things with me where I, I, I always try to let the people that are important to me know. It's like, look, just fucking talk. I yeah. don't care. You don't need to worry about how to bring shit up or whatever. Mm. Like, I'm here. I'm not going to fucking scream at you. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to yep. judge you. Just fucking <coughs> talk to me. And then we can fucking work shit out from there. That's it's it. Real easy. And it's a simple form of communication that has that has succeeded since the dawn of man. Yeah. You know, in in all the different languages globally, mm. it's a universal language or universal form of of contact that has worked effectively and to this day more effectively than just picking up a phone and hitting a like on someone's post when they're yeah when they say they're not okay, you know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, if you've got a friend that's gone a little bit dark or off the radar, give them a fucking call, yeah. you know, or, or send them a message and go, Hey man, how's your week going? You know, which is like you said, it's the simple shit that you and me do outside yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it works. It really fucking works and it makes a difference in a person's day. Yeah. Absolutely, man. It it really does. Like it can make all the fucking difference in the world, and it's just it. I just find it really sad that we've lost that art, or like you know, some people are scared to do it because of past experiences or whatever or something. I, I don't know. It's just like you know, just fucking, just open up your mouth, fucking type a message, whatever. Like yeah, you know, just start a fucking conversation, and. It's a, it's just like so much shit can get worked out with a simple oh, conversation. Absolutely. Like it's so fucking easy to do, and yet we all seem so scared to do it. And I it's, know. It's baffling I mean, to me. Like, yeah, it, and it's, I find it really fucking frustrating too. Because yeah, like, you know, as, I agree. One of my partners says, it's like, you're an over communicator, which I'm pretty sure anyone listening to this fucking podcast mm. would agree with because I never <laughs> shut up. Um, but like, I, I just, I, just i don't want to it's a weird thing that i don't want to go through this world not telling people or communicating with them what's going on or how much they mean to me or whatever it's like yeah. i don't want to walk out and get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow well mm. i don't want to walk out and get hit by a bus tomorrow but i definitely don't want to do it leaving shit unsaid to people and it's totally. it's so frustrating man when you you feel like you can't do that because you're worried that, you know, people will ghost or not yeah. deal or take it the wrong way or something. It's, 
Ah, it's fucking great. It's Look, a nightmare. It is a nightmare. But yeah, I agree, man, because like uh you you know, like I I pride myself on checking in on people. I try to check in on as many of my friends as possible, and I'm grateful to have friends um that I have, but you know, I do my absolute best to check in on every single one of them and say something as simple as have a great week or how's everything going? It's been a minute, you know, um, little things, man, just something a little bit humane. That's the thing. It's like when, when I, when I message someone or something and I say like, you know, hope you have a nice weekend or I hope you had a nice weekend or I hope you have a good week or hope you have a great day. I'm not actually saying, I hope your day is awesome. Although Mm. I do, I'm basically, by saying that, I'm saying, I care about you and I want to know that you're good and I hope that you're good. And if you're not, please use this as an opening to tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like we've become, like, in many ways, also become a real me, myself and I generation. Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah, it's like me against the rest of the world. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. No. It's, and, and it's like I said before, it's like we've become less human and more alien. Mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if that can be a segue of sorts. But, <laughs> um, you know, we, we really have become aliens. We've mm. just like fucking, I don't know, we're almost like a hive collective uh, with the Pandora's box of social media that is the alien queen controlling us all. Uh, well, and I mean, I also feel like with social media, man, I mean, the, the thing that everyone's got to remember is like, and this is why I, I mean, I've, we've, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, probably. but like social media is like everyone's highlight reel. Yeah. And we're always comparing it to our behind the scenes, which is why always. we're so fucked up. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I love, you know, without getting too deep into it, what I love with social media is just seeing my friends around the world, you know, you know, the pulled up photos from beautiful locations that I don't know if I'll ever get to see. Yeah. You know, I love that shit. I really love that shit. I, I love when people go mountain climbing or something and they take a photo from a summit or something like, I, oh, I love shit like that. That, I, that to I, me is yeah. more awesome than going, yeah, look at me. Uh, I don't know. It's a whole lot of look at me shit. I, I love the connectivity of social media. I love that it's enabled me to meet people that I necessarily wouldn't have yeah. um, and make friendships and relationships that I necessarily might not have ever met this person. And I think that's fucking amazing and I'll mm. always be grateful for it. Mm. But, you know, there is kind of, there is a double-edged sword dark side to it as well. There is. But, uh, but yeah, no, there is, there is. You're right. And, it is. It, it's. It's like uh, it's like the Hellraiser slogan, "Angel to some, devil to others." Yeah, you know, that's exactly what it is. It can be, it can be the best, of, best of both worlds. It can be, you know, uh, awesomeness, and it can also be your worst nightmare all rolled into one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, it's, it's fucking tricky. Crazy fucking world we live in, dude. But you know, that's why you know when we have these real conversations uh you know we can we can create a sense of fulfillment together and um you know get things off your chest a bit more fluently and 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 like you say man just listen to each other that's That's the thing man that's what it's about i always prefer like you know 
you know, mess- messaging is great. I, I, I always prefer, like, if you're going to have a real conversation with someone, it's I, I always find it better face-to-face because it's yeah, like, you know, out. you can read tone better, like, you can, you know, or even over the phone, it's like, you know, you can mm. hear the person's voice and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah it's just, I just, I miss the connectivity of uh, early or pre-internet days. I mean, you know, yeah. early internet days, it was like, you know, you chatted online. It was like you, you exchanged like half a dozen messages. It's like, hey, let's grab a coffee. Yeah, exactly. And and you had better social contact going to, uh, you know, gigs or, or nightclubs. And, yeah. And just having that face-to-face interactivity without fucking having a half-assed conversation whilst fucking glued to your phone. Yeah. Which is kind of what ninety nine point nine percent of the population do these days. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it's funny, you know. Anytime any restaurant I walk past, any couple that's sitting at a table, can guarantee that one part of that fucking table, if not both, are both on their phones whilst having dinner. It's yeah. like, where the fuck did we go wrong? But yeah, uh, yeah that forever remains the question that will we, we'll continue to be asked for fuck from here till whenever. Till, yeah. till a big fucking asteroid smashes into us and then we've got something real to real to fucking complain about. Uh, that reminds me of a great movie that we've got to talk about one day. Meteor? Uh, no. <laughs> Armageddon. No, Armageddon! Um, these, these final hours. Did you ever see that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think oh, I have. Yeah, dude. Aussie, Aussie film about the end of the world. Fuck me, man. Such Those end of the movie. world movies are fucking dope, dude. Like oh, some of them, they're man, off, the, this, off the chain. Yeah, this one is just such an like, – it is such a fucking great film, but it's mm. such an emotional gut mm. punch of a movie because it's like, yep. yeah, wow. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of those kind of movies out there that, and not so much the, uh, the, the fucking over-the-top um, Armageddon films, yeah, yeah, let's, with all let's the CGI bullshit. Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck are gonna fuck this asteroid shit up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, with exception to that movie, which is fucking the Space Cowboy Central, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, other films just kind of go, oh boy, like Deep Impact was a bit. Whoa, Jesus! For me, the the best part was the five minutes of just complete obliteration of planet Earth. That was yeah. great. Well, it was the same as like what was it, twenty twelve? Yeah. Like, uh just meh. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just wait for the, the fucking best bit, which is all the, the fucking disaster shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> the rest of it's kind of, I don't know. You're just kind of, eh, okay, whatever. Well, I, I always find those movies funny because it's like, you know, being a bit of a, like, overthinking motherfucker. You know, I'm watching 2012 and I'm like, I'm supposed to be cheering because like John Cusack and his kid and his wife and all that have like escaped Los Angeles as it like Mm. fucking slides into the ocean like a tool song. (laughs) But it's like, I'm supposed to be cheering that they're escaping. And yet as they're flying away, you know, you're watching people die and fall out of buildings. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, "Um, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be. I know, here. right? Like, am I supposed to be cheering or am I meant to be horrified? Like, mm. It's like any of those movies, man, like San Andreas with the, the Rock. Yeah. I mean, The Rock versus an earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah, you're kind of expecting to like wait for the scene where he like, you know, grips a fault line either side and pulls it back together. Yeah, exactly. All, all the love in the world for The Rock, by the way. Oh, yeah, but... fucking A. <laughs> 
I just saw a latest image of him behind the scenes shooting Black Adam, and I'm like, oh, dude, if there's a movie, I'm fucking excited for us, that one. Dude, he is fucking huge. Isn't he just? He is, like, a fucking monster. It is amazing. So, like, I saw a picture of him the other day from, like, mm. back in the Scorpion King days, so I'm just like, yeah, holy shit, dude. Like, you are, like, at fucking negative fucking five percent body fat right now. yeah he like, is like he's the epitome of i don't want to say human perfection but in terms of perfection, he you know you kind of put him up there in the you know yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he could for. like yeah he could bench press a fucking truck with like his little toe at this point like, probably yeah I mean, you know, people used to say that shit about Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the glory days, man. Um, yeah, but fucking The Rock, dude, he's uh, he he literally is a god. So, you know, when when uh, they announced Black Adam, I just went fucking a, he's Black Adam, dude. Yeah. You know, like he's, the, yeah, man, he is the ruler of Kandak, and he is going to bring the iron fist of fucking fury down upon those who oppose. Yeah. Um, I believe Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped for that. But how man, long have we got till the commercial break? Uh, cheeky, fifteen minutes or so, man. Okay. So do we want to? Uh, did you watch? Did you finish Moon Knight? Yes. Yes. I I was um man I I was happy with Moon Knight. Um I know there there are people that frown upon it. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, maybe read Moon Knight and it might click a light bulb in your head but um yeah i thought it was pretty cool i yeah man i dug it i had a couple little same airs at yeah, the end same. but yep. that i really man i thought episode five that episode that was set entirely in mark specter's mind and like yeah. the realm of the dead i yep. thought that was fucking amazing yeah that I was, was like that was probably my pick of episodes of the series yeah yeah, yep. yeah i just thought that was like that was and it's weird to say it because there's not a lot of actual Moon Knight action in there. But no. in terms of character, I thought that just fucking nailed him perfectly. Like, Well, I mean, for the first couple of episodes, we had the the, the blubbering friggin' annoying, you know, to a degree, annoying fucking Steve. Um, yeah. You know, which, you know, any Moon Knight fan knows is this multi-billionaire Bruce Wayne type character. Yeah. Um, but instead we're giving a, a fucking fumbling, bumbling, clumsy fucking... Yeah, Hugh Grant knockoff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, nailed it, dude. Nailed it. And it's not until, like, episode five that we're really starting to get the vibe of who Mark Spector is. Yeah. But secretly, you, guys like you and me, the, we sort of click on early on in the piece that we know that Jake is in there somewhere. Yeah. The third guy. And... The third guy is the one that unleashes all the fucking the mayhem in this series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, I mean, that's the thing. It's like Lockley's the fucking, he's the he's the bad guy. Like, well, not the bad guy, but it's like he's the the dude that you least want to fuck with. He's he's the Mister Hyde of the equation. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like if you got Moon Knight showing up to rescue you, he's not the guy you want driving the bus. No, no. Um, look, I, I overall I was happy. Things that I weren't happy about, real quick. Um, I like I like Ethan Hawke and I think he's great. I don't know why we had to have him as a former Avatar as the enemy. 
Yeah. Um, considering we had both you and me were theorizing and excited at the concept of Werewolf by Night being a possible appearance. Yeah. Well, I was kind of hoping for Werewolf by Night. I was hoping for like Bushman or someone like that. Yeah. Like Bushman would have been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would have been sweet. Like have someone that's actually connected in the, the comic book series. Um, I mean, I, I understand Feige's and Marvel Studios fucking tactics behind, you know, doing things the way they did to a degree. But I mean, look, it, it wasn't a disaster of a series, man. It was good. It just, yeah, I'm with you, man. There's bits that you kind of go, Ooh. See, my, my big gripe from the final episode was having Layla become an avatar and a superhero. I yelled out Isis straight away. I was like, yeah. Isis! Well, see, my, my gripe was not that they introduced her, but it's like, okay, this is Moon Knight series. Like, mm. Moon Knight should not need another superhero in there to help save the day. No. Like, I wanted to see, like, okay, Mark and Steve have, like, sort of integrated and gotten their shit together. Yeah. I just wanted to see them go to town and fucking take out every single one of those dudes as they work their way up to fucking Ethan Hawke, like Harrow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I feel like with Layla, it was, you know, she's a great character and everything, but in the comics, it's, you know, she's not so much a backseat character, but, you know, she's kind of a a bit of an anchor in yeah. in the, in the, the development of Mark Spector and, and, you know, and his myriad of personalities. Whereas here, they've just gone, okay, let's make her a superhero. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, geez, it's a bit dramatic. Yeah, well, and I kind of felt like she was always, like, I, I, I never understood why they didn't use, like, Marlene in there rather than... Yeah. Look, I mean, there's... Again, there's always method to the madness, and I, I'm sure that they're looking at the bigger picture of what's to come and how it's all going to tie yes. into the rest of the universe. Um. I sincerely hope that there is a second series. Yeah, I hope there's either a second series or, you know, a couple of films or something like that. Because it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I love, I mean, yeah, oh, dude, the comics are so fucking great. Um, mm. I love Moon Knight as a character. And I just feel yeah. like they've barely scratched the surface. Like, yeah. there was a lot of, I feel like there was a lot of, overall in the series, I liked it. Yeah. But I didn't love it. And I really wanted to love it. Um, and I just feel like there was a bit of wasted time with all the Stephen Grant stuff at the start and him fumbling about and whatnot that could have been better spent. Like, I mean, yeah, man, like I said, when they got to episode five, I was like, oh, this is fucking mint. This is yeah, this yeah. great. That... This is everything this character should be. Yeah. All that, the, the stuff in the dead and the gods and all that, that was great. All that yeah. Egyptology stuff was fantastic. I loved it. But Stephen Grant, I really pr- would have preferred Give us the billionaire guy with the fucking cool gadgets and all the yeah, all the cool shit, you know. I, I see what they tried to do and what they wanted to do, but I don't know, it just would have been cool to see like the moon copter and Yeah, yeah, Frenchie and the whole Frenchie. Yeah. yeah, like give it give us the the, the shit that we read passionately in the comics and yeah. as the fans love, you know. Um instead you've given us a, a scaled down version you know, with a, yeah, a bit of a build up to something where we didn't need all that build up. We could have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any, I'm, any half, um, half intelligent person would have put two and two together early on. Yeah. I mean, I did love the stuff where like, you know, Mark and Steven kind of like integrated and stuff like that. That was cool. And, yeah. You know, 
Stephen actually kind of got his shit together and realized, like, you know, he could fucking kick ass as well in the Mr. Knight outfit and everything. Like, that was cool. But, yeah, um, yeah I just feel like they 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 kind of overcomplicated a character that didn't have to be complicated. Yeah, I agree. But, it was, um, yeah, I mean, we could have done with a little bit more Moon Knight action, a bit more, you know, combat. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Moon Knight stuff we got was great. The... Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, the stuff where Moon Knight's taking on, like, street-level thugs and that is just fucking great. Like, you know, yeah. that, that, fight, that shot in the final episode where he, like, jumps up, flips over the car, throws the two fucking daggers into the dudes and then lands was just like, yeah. that was straight out of one of the comics. It was fucking yeah. perfection. Yeah, that was fucking Master Strokes material, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, And you haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. No, I have not seen Doctor Strange. And the multiverse of madness. Um, I saw it and I won't give any spoilers. Um, yeah, dude. Directed by Sam Raimi. And if you're a Sam Raimi fan, you know you're going to get something fucking out of this world. Yeah. And, yeah, that's pretty much what you get. Uh, Some of the aha moments are fucking dope. There is some cool shit that happens in this film that's going to open big doorways for the future. Yeah. um, If they haven't already. But, um, yeah, look, I, I thought as a sequel, some people were left confused and stuff. And it's funny because I recently listened to uh, one of my favorite podcasts, the Nick Taylor podcast, uh, who's who does great stuff with horror movies and shit. Um, but he was having a discussion with um, a horror documentary guy that does um, the series In Search of Darkness oh, yeah, on Shutter. Yeah. yeah, those are so fucking great. So good, dude. Mm. So they talked about the the whole thing of CGI versus practical effects, and it was a fascinating conversation because there was a valid point that they brought up that made me think about what I just experienced with Doctor Strange, which was, you know, you you watch movies like The Thing and Ghostbusters and, you know, all those films with great practical effects. You remember that shit really well. Yeah. But a lot of the today's over-the-top over CGI stuff, you kind of go, oh, that was entertaining. But you don't sort of, oh, how cool was that bit when that happened and that happened? Yeah. You kind of struggle to remember that shit. Or mm. At least I do anyway. Whereas, I don't know, I remember things like uh, Evil Dead where, you know, Ash is attacking himself with his possessed hand and yeah. then chopping it off. Like stuff like that, I just think is fucking great. So, yeah, well, I feel I feel like yeah. with a lot of CGI, man, it it, it, it <laughs> harkens back to Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, where he yeah. says, like, you know, you were so concerned with what you could do, you didn't stop to think whether you should. Mm, exactly, and it's it, it feels like that with some CG stuff. It's like you go so over the top that you don't stop to think like this could be throttled back. Cause I, I feel like with practical stuff, like it became so memorable because of the limitations. It's like you had to pick the best camera angle to show it off. You had to yeah. really, you know, work the lighting to, to complement the effect. You had to, you know, the blocking, everything, all the elements that went into creating a great effects shot was really a team effort. And that's why some of them are so memorable. Whereas with like CG a lot of the time, not that it's not hard work and not that digital artists aren't fucking amazing, 
Mm. But it feels like a lot of that magic has been lost because you can basically do anything. It's like you can you can literally do anything. And I feel like, you know, not having those constraints there doesn't force people to be as imaginative as they could be. Of course. Just in terms of like shot composition, lighting, stuff mm. like that. Mm. Like yeah, Well, like I mean, I, yeah, I think sorry. back to like and I was just gonna say, I think back to like, you know, uh Batman vs Superman, and it's like, you know, there were moments at the end there where it's like, <clears throat> this should be like, you know, you've got Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman facing off against fucking Doomsday. Yeah. It's like, that should be one of the most iconic shots in superhero cinema. And yet it's, it's kind of unmemorable. Yeah. It's because kind of like, you know. A, because Doomsday doesn't really look like Doomsday. Well, yeah, there's that. Um, but, you know, it, it's like even the shot itself, it's like, you know, you, we've we've seen images like that in comics that are, mm. like, you know, rendered so well by so many amazing artists. Yeah. And then you, you get to it on screen and it's just kind of this standard wide shot with, you know, a bit of rubble and some shit on fire and, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, everyone's standing there, like, no one's really striking a very iconic pose. You know, the monster doesn't look that great or that memorable. Like, it's well, just kind of like, ah, oh, okay. That first roar of Doomsday was kind of similar to that first roar of Hulk against the Abomination in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, wow, I've seen this before. Yeah, which I got to say, fucking Incredible Hulk was fucking great. That is oh, such dude. Yeah, I will awesome. fight anyone on this. That was such a great Hulk movie and such yeah. a great monster movie. Like yeah. there was so many nods in there to like classic monster stuff. I just fucking loved it. Yeah, like stuff like that is really cool because it's more like a love letter to, to like you say, the greats uh, yeah. of 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 our time. Whereas that Batman versus Superman, you you hit the nail on the head, man. That should have been such a fucking Hollywood memorable moment well i mean dude you think you think about that versus one of my favorite moments in the incredible hulk which i swear to god i get choked up at as a Mm. geek every time Mm. which was the hulk smash moment like yeah that was fucking fucking, great dude chills man fucking chills every time i watch that no matter how many times i've seen it i just fucking chills it's like oh my god that's the hulk that's to me like to me, that's where the writer understands the subject matter intimately. Yeah, you know they've fucking they've taken the time to go. Yeah, yeah, we've got to have a fucking quote, a yeah. quote that the fans fucking like you say get fucking choked up over. Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, I mean that, that's the thing. It's like you compare that to some of the stuff from like you know Batman vs Superman and stuff like that. And it's just like, ah, uh, you know, like. You know, well, I, I straight away think about sorry. I, I straight away think about fucking Doomsday and the death of Superman issue. One of the most iconic lines that you read in that is where Doomsday finally talks and he says, "All he says is Metropolis." Yeah, that is eerie as shit. Give us that in the movie. Give us yeah. that fucking that that fucking snarl and and all the rest. Yeah, that would have been fucking chill children the bones shit man but it didn't happen and well, I mean, I the, other, the other problem with batman versus superman is there's just so many dumb plot conceits in there it's like um uh sorry clark you're carrying a kryptonite spear to kill the monster you don't think maybe you could throw it to 
either of the two fucking people on your side, one of whom's an Amazonian goddess, the other one's like the smartest badass on the fucking planet. You couldn't have just chucked the spear to, you couldn't have chucked the spear to one of them yeah. and had them spear the fucking monster while you distracted it. Like Well, that's the thing, man. It's like you've got Wonder Woman who is an Amazonian warrior skilled with spears and bows and all the fucking shit. Yeah. And then you've got Batman who is skilled in fucking hand-to-hand combat and weapons combat as well. It's like, dude, any one of them could have fucking nailed that monster with a spear like a yeah. boss. It's like you could have just flown up there and like, you know, blasted him in the head with your heat vision or something for 20 mm. minutes while Wonder Woman snuck up and shivved him like prison style. Totally, like- man. <laughs> totally. But, but uh, no, no, we had to go, okay, well, we've got to do it like in the comics. Uh, well, at this point, you fucked everything up. So, you yeah. know, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, you could have, um, I mean, yeah, it's just like, I mean, uh, the other thing was, I, I always thought the comics were better. It's like, look, you know, it, it, the comics were like a testament to how great Superman is. It's like, this guy is not going to fucking drop until he keeps his city safe and kills this totally, fucking man. monster. Like and that, like, that, they that, fight to a standstill, like till yeah. they both drop dead. Moment with fucking in the comic where he says that last goodbye to Lois, and yeah, you know, and, and then, then his head just drops. It's just like, oh, dude, like it's mm. like that. I, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, that that was one of the many issues with Batman vs Superman. Was just like you, you, you did, you went through the motions, but you didn't get any of the heart or what made the story great. And I'm a Zack Snyder fan. Like I like Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack rocks, just, man. I, I just felt that flick was a bit of a misstep and it just felt like a studio rush job it's like no no, yeah. no we've got to rush everything to get the justice league happening it's like eh, but do it's, it's a great movie but it's not the kind of movie you go back to like say superman 2 you know yeah yeah um which is filled with all that bravado and the fucking that superman goodness that you know superman fans love yeah you kind of i, I feel like this is Henry Cavill is cast brilliantly as Superman, but just give us a bit more of that iconic presence that Christopher Reeve embodied so fucking beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I I, I did like Man of Steel, but like, I just feel like you know, after Henry Henry Cavill feels like a great Superman that never got a great Superman movie. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he's he's all there. He ticks all the boxes. But um, again, you know, does it? Do you do you think? Are you of the opinion that it comes down to the writers or, or the studio? Or you know, where do you I point feel, the finger on this? I kind of feel like with with those movies, I feel like it comes down to like both the studio and the fact that I like David Goya as a writer. Mm. Like I really do. Like you know, Death Warrant was a great flick. Um, you know. Blade, he did a great job on. I don't feel like he's the right guy to write Superman because I feel like David Goyer is at his best when he's doing dark, gritty characters like Blade or Batman or whatever. When it comes to someone like Superman, I think you need someone with a sense of, you know, a sense of hope to them, a sense of whimsy, you know, that that whole, everything that Superman is. Like, you need a writer that really gets that and I don't feel like Goyer is the guy for that job. I feel like he's like way more on the gritty side. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, they need to do a, a, you know, a proper Superman sequel. And 
just really, yeah, just really kick it in the dick, man. Like, yeah. Um, like Man of Steel, they tried to give us that. I don't know. They tried to give us that whole Superman two thing with General Zod and and all all the characters, but there were parts of it that worked and there were parts of it that didn't work. And again, we got the the fucking you know CGI over the top fucking. Oh look, it's Krypton exploding again. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's my, where, my... I mean, again to to ref, sorry to reference the Batman, we didn't. You know, we didn't get the fucking uh, the crime alley fucking death scene with the parents yeah. again. We just got this is Batman, yeah. fucking brilliant. Thank you, <clears throat> thank you. Finally, um, yeah. I mean, so my, my, we don't my, always my... need the same. No, no, that's repeat. it. Man. No, you don't. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, my my personal favorite Superman cinematic sequence of all time is the plane rescue from Superman Returns. Yeah, I, man, that's my go-to, man. I, I YouTube that shit just to get my Superman Returns fix because yeah. I can't watch the rest of the film. That's, for me, yeah, the, the, the best The rest of the film is kind of average in spots. Like, there's a few bright moments here and there, but that plane rescue is like, if you had to explain everything great about Superman to someone that didn't know what Superman was, you'd just show them that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I mean that, that that part where he's you know walks on board the plane and he just looks to Lois and goes, just you know singles her out in a crowd of people and just goes, "Are you okay?" Yeah, you know it's like, dude, there's something powerful about that moment. This oh, takes dude. me to Christopher Reeve. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was such a, a great moment. And that and that moment where he first walks out of the co- uh, yeah out of the plane to face the crowd. Yeah, that was yeah that was. Chills down your spine, fucking greatness. Oh, dude, it was, right? It's just like, yeah, it's just, it's everything great about that character in one scene. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, he's, he's the guy that will just come in and save the day. And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know what happened after that, but it just kind of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we got, you know, we got Spacey doing a, a bad Gene Hackman riff. We got, you know, Superman's son murdering a guy with a piano. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was just, there was bits that yeah. just didn't make sense. And yeah, I mean, you know, at the time of that movie with the technology and everything, and again, you know, who are we to say shit? We, you know, we're, we're the, we're, we're the lounge chair fucking warriors. That yeah. This is our forsaken duty to fucking criticize everything that we watch. Right. <laughs> but like in all honesty, they had the technology and the skills to make Luthor into more of the comic book Luthor that we've that we know and love. Look, I give, was really hopeful. Give him the battle for that. suit. Yeah, dude. I was really I was honestly really hopeful that, you know, because it was Kevin Spacey and this was before we knew all the things we know about Kevin Spacey now. Yeah. I was really hopeful that it's like, okay, Kevin Spacey's gonna do Luthor. Like he's gonna do like full on evil businessman you know, dark, nasty, fucking evil, evil Donald Trump. Yeah. Like that kind of Lex from the comics. And I was like, yeah, you know, we could like that whole Lex is just completely fucking xenophobic against Superman. And, you know, yeah, do the battle suit or fucking have him try and clone Bizarro or something like from Man of Steel. Like, you know, the John Byrne Man of Steel, not the movie. Um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And instead it's just, we got Lex doing, you know, Kevin Spacey doing Gene Hackman's Lex from 
Yeah, and I know Superman Returns was meant to be like a spiritual sequel to Superman 1 and 2 and the Donna stuff, and I get that, but it's like you could have evolved the character a bit. Like you had Superman missing for five years. Lex could have rebuilt and rebranded himself. Like Totally, dude. I yeah. mean, and then it's, we it's, could have... it's all about land again. It's like, ugh, yeah, I, that was, yeah, that, that part for me was the most in undigestible sequence of events. Like that, you know, that whole real estate bullshit, like I'm just looking at it going, at what part does any of this make sense? Yeah. Like I just I was baffled by it. I was like, I I don't know why, but I hate everything about that fucking that period of time in the movie. <clears throat> I think it's like look, because I know, I mean, you know, and yeah, there's you know, Brian Singer brings his own issues with him, but I think the thing with Superman Returns, and this is segued into like an episode of Rad or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the thing with it what is, day of the week like, is it again? Yeah, it's Friday or Saturday. Um, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's freaky Rad. Hey, it's our fucking show. We'll yeah. yeah, exactly. Get, get yeah. your own show with Blackjack yeah. and hookers. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the thing is, it's like I know Brian Singer came into that as a huge fan of the Richard Donner Superman movies, and that's cool. And I think the problem with having someone who's a massive fan of something is that you do run the risk of them just repeating shit because mm. it's a big love letter to what they love. And it's like, okay, if you're a massive fan, we do get awesome stuff like the plane sequence and mm-hmm. shit like that. Um, and the iconic John Williams score and, you know, the, the classic shots of, you know, Brandon Ralph ripping the shirt open and everything, which is just, yeah. you know, again, chills. Yeah. Um, but then you also run the risk of like you're too much of a fan to be objective and go, okay, here's some of the stuff that probably, you know, played really well in 1978, but not so great in 2005 or whenever Superman Returns was, 2006. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's like that's that's the risk of people who are like, like you, you see so many comic book fans on the internet or in stores or something. It's, oh, if I was doing it, I'd do this. Mm. And, you know, if you're a fan who's like, yeah, I would do some of that, but I also realize that some of that probably wouldn't work because you've got a two hour movie. You don't have 60 years of history for people to understand it. So I think that's the risk with fans, like mega fans getting a hold of these things is that sometimes they can't be objective enough to go, okay, I'm going to condense all the shit that really works into this character and give the fans what they want, but then yeah. I'm going to also skip over a few things or, you know, jettison a few things that maybe don't work so well. I agree. And I think um, I think also, like, uh, yeah, the intention was pure there from Brian Singer, but, and, yeah, of course, a love letter to Richard Donner, and the Superman one and two films, of course, yes, we get it. Hooray, fucking good on you, pat on the back. But you are in modern times with the skills to give us give us that love letter, but also give us something new. Yeah, and you know, like something new is in. Give us the fucking, you know, maybe even look at what Tim Burton's vision for his Superman was. Yeah. Give us a variation on things, you know, utilize some of those tools and give us something cinematically huge, like yeah. have Brainiac or have Luthor in the battle suit or, you know, like that alone would have fucking, you know, an epic battle sequence in Metropolis between 
you know, Luthor and Superman. That would have been fucking sick. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It would have been. It would have been great. Yeah. Uh, instead, you know, I don't want fucking an hour's worth of fucking love letter bullshit with Lois and Superman. Like, yeah, okay, we we know we saw. If this is a direct sequel from Superman one and two, um, yeah, we saw all that shit in those two films. We don't yeah. need an hour of the same shit in this one. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe may, maybe call us fucking disgruntled, grumpy critics or whatever. But yeah, I'm just stating facts. I, I, just, here. I think there's a lot of great stuff that works for Superman Returns, and there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't. Like it, it feels like there's. I, I mean, I know people like at the time criticize. It's like, oh, Superman just doesn't fucking you know doesn't get into a fight with anyone and rah 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 rah. Yeah. And, then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Man of Steel, where it's like, you know, all Superman does is punch shit and fucking wreck yeah. stuff. And I think, like, you know, the best Superman movie lies somewhere in the middle, which is probably Superman 2. Like, it's like, yeah, totally. great movie, you know, great action sequence in the streets of Metropolis between him and the Phantom Zone villains. Yeah, like, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, all that, all that stuff's great. Like, uh, a simple plot. Um, yeah. And the only thing that sort of made Superman 2 a little bit weird and interesting was the fact that, um, you know, Superman questioning humanity and exploring once he realized he could get a taste of what it's like to be human. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to show his love and affection for Lois Lane, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. As weird, <clears throat> yeah, as a kid. Okay. This is a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit freaky, suitably enough. But yeah. Um, yeah, like you say, man, the battle sequences in Metropolis, fucking ten out of ten, dude. Yeah. So good. Um, and that that's all that you need. It's a bit more of that kind of stuff, dude. Yeah, exactly. You know, like rather than <clears throat> hey, Lex Luthor has a crystal from the dude. Hey, you're gonna toss it in the ocean and fucking create Yeah. Awkward silence. Yeah, I was going to say we got gremlins here because I had I had a uh, I had a slight weirdness on the end of mine. Oh, okay, cool. That's all right. The gremlins <laughs> exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gremlins um, or possibly xenomorphs. I don't know. Could be xenomorphs. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, really interesting thing is that, like, you know, Superman is an alien, which kind of links into, you know. Well, the... this is the thing. To to the to the those who listen to the show, and thank you very much, by the way, for listening. You fucking legends. Um, you're probably sitting there going, "So this isn't very horror, so to speak. Why aren't you talking about horror?" It's like, well, Superman is a fucking alien dickhead. Yeah. And if you shut the fuck up and listen for a minute, we, Jake and me will gladly take you on a journey into today's subject matter. Yeah. Which, and after the uh, commercial break, you will find out whether this episode is a stand-up fight or another bug hunt. Oh, well said. Well said. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I like like that a lot. (laughs) Cool. I've, I've been working on that one all day. I'm um, digging it, dude. All day. Boy, 
<laughs> Boys and ghouls, we shall return after this commercial break. Stay tuned. It's fucking Indeed. After awesome. these important messages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> using the marvels of modern technology to uh, record whilst driving. How's that for uh, <laughs> fucking awesomeness and multitasking? Okay, if you crash and die, I'm going to be very, very upset. Okay, cool. That'll make two of us because I'll be like, you fucking idiot. Um, no, we're good. We're good, man. We're good. Um, yeah, how, how was your commercial break? Was it pretty good? Uh, yeah, it was long and extended. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, and also, let, let's not forget, happy Friday the 13th. Yes, yes. I feel like we, we missed a trick. We probably should have done like a Friday or something like that for today. I feel like the same way too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm with you now. Yep, yep. Uh, brain fart moment. Anyway, um, cool, man. Yeah, uh, so, Friday the 13th movie is what I was referring to. Yeah, like a... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I feel like we should have done the same thing. Hey, look, I'm sure there'll be another Friday the 13th, but um, you're obviously a fan, right? Oh, yeah, just who isn't? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I just had to double check, you know. Some people are like, um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to be sure. But um, I'm a deep yeah, dive but... fan because my absolute oh. favorite is number seven. Ooh. Is that, um, which is a, a controversial opinion, but Jason goes not Jason goes to Manhattan, is it? No, no, no. It's uh, that's that's eight. Um, I'm talking eight. New Blood, the one with the telekinetic chick. Ah, yes, yes. Ooh, interesting. I like that. What 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 is it about? I'm, I'm you know without going off topic. Um, what is it about that one that you love? Well, okay, man, like. It was literally the first Friday the 13th I ever saw. Really? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, I wanted, dude. I'd wanted to see them for so long, and it was the first one I saw as a kid. Um, yeah. And it was like, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, you hear yeah. like people talking about like Freddie and Jason and shit on the, on the playground and all that sort of stuff. Of course. And by the time I actually got to see it, um, I think I would have been about maybe 10 or 11 or 12 possibly. Um, yeah. It was literally everything I expected a Friday the Thirteenth movie to be. I mean, the telekinetic yeah. and all that was like, eh, whatever. But it was like it was literally everything I thought a Friday the Thirteenth movie would be. That like, is Jason. so cool. But you know, Jason's just this like fucked up hulking monster. Like you know, there's lots yeah. of really yeah. hot teenagers running around fucking each other and smoking Absolutely. drugs and getting killed in really creative ways. It's kind and, of the prerequisite of it. Yeah, man. It was just like literally everything I thought a Friday would be. And yeah, very fucking cool. Loved it lots. Still do. Yeah. It's, it's one yeah. of my absolute favorites. I'm, I'm overdue to do a deep dive back into the series, man. I, I, I love it. I mean, it's fun. I love the first one, you know, even though Jason's kind of not really the killer in the first one. Um, yeah. 
I love number two. I, I just love the evolution of Jason over the movies. Um, I even love the cheese of Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, Jason X. I'm I'm a fan of Jason X. I don't give a oh, fuck. Oh, dude, I love Jason X. I don't give a shit what anyone says. It's a load of... Yeah. I just think about the Friday movies, man. They're all really fucking big fun. And I'm not super hot on part nine. Like, there's, like, yeah. you know, Jason goes to hell. It's like, okay... The opening's really great, and the last five yeah. minutes with the Freddy mask, the Freddy glove on the mask, and everything is really, really cool. Everything in between is really strange and feels like a yeah. weird extended episode of the TV series. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah I yeah. can roll with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, yeah, Jason X for me is uh, it's a fun one. I, I thought it was bold and daring. It kind of took the series somewhere that you just didn't expect, and uh, I loved. Cyborg Jason, I thought that was rad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And but I mean, overall, there's, you know, you just have to sort of just realize that in terms of plot, don't expect anything huge. It's pretty simple. Tits, ass, Jason. Yeah. And gore. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I got to say, but the remake of Friday the Thirteenth, I was not too happy with. I didn't hate it. Um, and no, I I'm the same. I didn't hate it, but I, I wasn't thrilled. I, um, it was a weird movie to me because it's like it felt almost like a sequel. Like, yeah, it sort of just felt like another Friday movie, but they kind of like, it, like. For, it felt like, yeah, all the other ones had happened except maybe Jason X and yeah. just like, you know, done this weird soft reboot where you're not really sure if it's a whole new thing or mm-hmm, a continuation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was some great moments in there. I thought, it you know, it did a great job. Like it brought back the tits and ass to horror, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like, yeah you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know, Sam Sam Winchester's in there. I'm pretty sure he yep. brought Dean along. Like they would have had the whole thing solved in ten minutes. Absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I got a soft spot for it. I don't hate it, and I'm not sure whether it's because it's like a pretty decent flick or because yeah. it's just in comparison to the Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street remake. I was about to say peas in brilliant. a pod. Yeah, <laughs> peas in a pod, man. Um, look, I, I think the remake is pretty good. Um, the part that I was that left a really sour taste in my mouth was that scene where the dude goes into the tool shed and you, you just see the pitchfork and you go, I, I think it was the pitchfork and you just think, yeah, this is the obvious, this is how you're going to fucking die, dude. Yeah. And it didn't happen. I was really pissed at that. I was like, man, it's so, it's like, there's literally everything missing. Uh, everything's there, but the neon lights to say, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where it got me. But, man, far superior to the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. What the fuck were they thinking? With that? Oh, dude, yeah. I feel like we could we, we could do a dive on that one And day. we will. And we will. It's just, there is so much fucking wrong with that movie. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I mean. I, I'm just like, I, I walked out of that just going like, how could you possibly fuck it up that much? And I did some research and I know how they could fuck it up that much. And yeah, we will, we will get into that. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Absolutely. 
Um, look, I I think um, I think uh, it's it's not a complete abortion of a film, but uh, yeah, look, it's it's definitely well worth exploring and um, you know just um, having a deep dive discussion about it at a later point for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we got a really cool movie to talk about. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, going on from uh, Jason X, which you know was yeah. in in space no one can hear you space. scream but no yeah. in, you know here we go here we go um <laughs> yeah man 1986 gave us uh gave us some real gems oh and, yeah yeah and i think we're in the peak of just fucking epic awesomeness coming out of the 80s with horror but um james cameron gave us a fucking slam dunk Oh man, look, Aliens I think is just it is a perfect perfect flick. Like it is it's a perfect horror flick, it's a perfect action flick. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like it's like every James Cameron movie. It's got fuck tons of heart in there and yeah. I you know man, like Cameron's fucking filmography is full of some absolute bangers like Terminator's perfect, T2's yeah. perfect. <laughs> I think Aliens is probably my all-time favorite Cameron movie because it's yeah, I'm with just, you. it's a fucking smash on every level. Like he gets, you know, he gets Ripley's character right. Like yep. you know, um, the supporting cast are great. It's perfectly shot. Like yep. it's so well paced. Like the score is fantastic. Um, you know, he gave us the Alien Queen, which was such a what the fucking fuck moment. Dude, that, like, was, that was great. Gave us some great one-liners. Oh yeah, dude, the dialogue is just brilliant. Like, um, yeah. there's nothing bad about this movie, and even the extended no. cut, which is the only cut that I watch nowadays, is yeah, just absolutely. like it's like there's so much great stuff in there it's like it really is i i just i feel like aliens is one of those movies where it's like i can get to the end of it and just be like this could have gone on for another hour and i would not have been bored no not at all man i mean the the like you say the pace and the action was just fucking on point the 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 terror in it uh in comparison to the first film is is fantastic you know really carries on beautifully from that first film with the suspense and terror. Oh man, it just like this movie is just like, you know, when, when you know you know how you get those like fucking blurbs on the video box and shit like that. So you know, one hundred percent no holds barred adrenaline thrill yeah. ride. Yeah. This yeah. fucking is man, because it's like this movie is so tense. Like it's you've got like you've not only got the threat of the xenomorphs, you've got fucking Burke and the company in there trying to fuck everyone over. But then you've also got the fact that, like, you know, the reactor core on the planet that they're on is fucked, so they're yeah. all going to get vaporized in, like, an hour. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, you've got all that, and then Ripley's got to go and try and fucking save Newt. And, yeah, you know, that whole surrogate family unit that they form with, like, you know, Hicks, Vasquez, Hudson, Ripley, and Newt is so yeah. fucking cool. And just it's awesome. so typically James Cameron. Like, it's so very, like, I mean... There's a theory out there, and I totally subscribe to it, is that every mm. single James Cameron movie is a love story. It yeah, might not be I, I, a, I'd go with that. Yeah, it might not be a romantic love story, but you watch his stuff, and it is, because it's like, you know, okay, Terminator is very much a romantic love story. Yes. Um, 
T2 is very much like a family sort of love story, like the family unit that gets formed with like, you know, John, Sarah and the T-800. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's almost like a father-son thing between John and the T-800. You know, you look at Aliens, it's very much a, a, a maternal, like, love of, like, a mother and a daughter and, like, you know, that surrogate family unit that forms with the survivors. Um, but there's even... Then, you, know, um, you go and... oh, oh, Sorry, I was just going to interject no, no, there no. and just say, dude, there's there's also, like, the relationship between um, Vasquez and um, I can't remember the other Marine's name. Oh, Drake, but, you know, yeah. Drake, yeah. Like, yeah. that exactly backing up your point man the, the relationships of that film are just so powerful well they they are because it's like you know you and and the thing that james cameron does so fucking masterfully and it's like you know i i haven't i'm not the hugest fan of avatar but it's like i can appreciate it for what it is and it's like i will fight for james cameron being one of the greatest filmmakers of all time till my dying yeah, breath fucking a, like, man. Dude, the thing he does so masterfully with this movie is you get everyone from the yeah. second they're introduced. It's like you get Drake and Vasquez and you get the this, you know, brothers in arms, warriors fucking bond between them. Like, you know, they're just, they're besties. They're like family. Like, you know, they've yeah. been through some shit. Like, you know, yeah. you know, even, even with Hudson, it's like, you know, he's kind of the fucking, the weasel of the group, even though I love the dude. Yeah, like, I know, right? But like, you know, everyone still has his back. Like, he's still there for like his, his family. Yeah. Like, they are, they're so tight. It's such a great, well-rounded group of characters that you get everything you need to know about them within like mm. a couple of lines of dialogue or the way yeah. that they've decorated their, their battle armor and shit like that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Just, it's so fucking, this movie is so fucking well put together. There's not a fucking loose screw in the whole machine. You know, the way you've just described that just had my brain just jogging. I don't know if you've contemplated this idea yourself, but in an age of prequels and legacies and that, how cool would it have been if that, and it's probably wishful thinking, but with the Marines, like because they are such a tight unit and we don't really get to explore that relationship deep between them. It would have been great to have seen the Marines sort of pre-aliens, like that formation well, of that's such it, a that's it, unique man. group. And there's so much great dialogue there. Like, you know, that line where Hudson's like, you know, is this going to be a stand-up fight or another bug hunt? It's like, give yeah. you the impression. that's like, these guys have been sent out looking for these yeah. things before. Yeah. Like, yeah. they've been sent out to fucking investigate these things before, you know. Mm -hmm. You don't get the feeling that they've ever actually run into a full-on xenomorph, but maybe no. they've seen some other shit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I really, like, I, I think, like, a comic prequel or something like that with this group of characters or even, yeah, like, absolutely. A, an anime. I mean, it's, you know, it's probably sadly way too late now to, to do a proper film version of it. Mm. and you know, would you really want to see like Hicks, Hudson, everyone recast? I don't think it would. Not work. really, but yeah. um, fuck it. I don't know. It's just that wishful thinking. Like yeah. you say, the hint about is this another bug hunt? I mean, it just really gets the mind going. Like, have they faced predators? Have they, yeah. you know, like what have they come across? Um, and and that formation of relationship between Vasquez and Drake, and um, yeah. you know, exploring that badass camaraderie between yeah. them and um, well, I mean, even even Vasquez's yeah. relationship with Gorman it's like okay Gorman's like this fucking pencil pushing fucking he really little, is 
little prick. But at one point, he but, used to be one of the, the one yeah, of the crew. You like know? you know, like he hasn't seen a lot of combat like they have. No. But, no. You know, when the chips are down, it's like him and Vasquez, like, you know, form up a tight little group. And, you know, they go out together, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, it just, I mean, you can talk about the action and the effects of this movie, like, Kill the Cows Come Home, because they're all brilliant. Absolutely. Like, Stan they're Winston's brilliant. designs are just uh, out of this fucking world. Um, but like Cameron man, got the he, he got the best best in the business to oh, as far as I'm concerned for that absolutely, one. Absolutely, man. Like yeah. you, you can't touch Stan Winston. Like you just can't. Like that that dude had imagination to spare. But I think the thing that really is fucking great about Aliens is well, like everything. But mm. it's just it's the the relationships and the themes that Cameron puts in there. Like yeah. he injects so much heart and humanity into these characters like none of them are cardboard cutouts um you know like and even the xenomorphs it's like you know by the end of it you've literally got two mothers going at each other it's like you've got the alien queen who's pissed off with ripley for killing all her kids and you've got ripley who's pissed off at the alien queen for like killing all her family and you know this entire species you know murdering her crew in the first one killing all the fucking Marines, like, you know, traumatizing this kid and everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, dude, it just works so fucking It really well. does. Yeah, I agree, man. It just, and like, just the complimentary, um, just the way it complements the first film in terms of taking that, that bizarre, um, just all the weird, the, the, the cocoons and yeah. um, all those, the, the mucus of the aliens and everything and just really like Stan Winston took took it to the next level with yeah. you know with the hive and everything just really I don't I mean, know brilliant imagineering yeah the 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 design like the shit I mean I remember watching this movie for the first time this was actually the first alien movie I ever saw um yeah right. I was like okay. I, I saw alien after I saw this um I think I was the same yeah yeah. But, like, dude, I mean, the first time you saw it, it's like, even on a grainy as fuck VHS, all mm. that fucking mucus and fucking tunneling that they do throughout the plant and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. The design of this world and this creature is amazing. And I it's don't so... think it's been... In t- I, I just don't feel like anything has ever matched this since. Like, no. every... No. Even Alien vs. Predator and stuff like that. It's like everything has been trying to build off this. And it's... Yeah. This movie is so fucking imaginative. It is so well written. Like, it just hits on every single level. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I mean, even even stuff with, like, the way Lance Henriksen plays Bishop. And, oh, like, dude. I mean, it's amazing. Like, because it's like, you know, I've, I've read... Um, not bad for a human, uh, Lance Henriksen's biography. And it's fucking oh, yeah. brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. But like, he talks a lot about how he played Bishop as, because, you know, Lance Henriksen has talked about how he had a fairly sort of abusive childhood and his inspiration to play Bishop was as like an abused child. Like, you know, he's, mm. he's very eager to please. He's very wide eyed and innocent. And, you know, he thought that that would be a really good way to play because everyone's going to be fucking suspect of the fucking robot after the first Absolutely. Game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he thought he'd go in the opposite direction. Instead of playing Bishop as being shady, he played him as just very 
innocent and childlike and, you know, yep. very eager to please no matter what people do or say to him. Like, yeah. he's very friendly and all that. And it just works so well. Well, that initial dialogue like, you... between him and uh, Ripley when, sorry, um, yeah. when, you know, when she was, when she first realised he was an android and she just freaked out. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember, she just came out of hibernation. Yeah. And, um, you know, she still has the memory fresh in her mind of the, the previous mm. android. So, um, and, and the way that Bishop handled that situation, um, especially Lance Henrikson, Henrikson to describe oh, what was wrong with that first android, that was beautiful, man. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, man. Like, yeah, he just, he just did it so perfectly. I mean, everyone yeah. was perfect in this. Like, Michael Bean is like the fucking oh. coolest motherfucker in the world. Like, between this and Terminator, it's like, yeah. dude, in the 1980s, it was like, I just want to grow up to be you. Because yeah. you are just so fucking cool and so badass Absolutely. and just Absolutely. awesome. Um, you know, like Vasquez is just like, I mean, yeah, like she's. Next to Ripley, she is just badass. Oh, man. dude, like, yeah, she so is. She's the underrated fucking female star that, that you just go, oh, man. Like, I mean, Sigourney Weaver fucking, she slams at home how good oh, she yeah. is as a. As a as a you know lead actor, but man, give po- give props to Vasquez for how good she was at being the just the badass, tough as nails bitch, but also showing a side of humanity when Drake yeah. gets hurt. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's, that was that's fucking the thing. cool. Like, yeah, like you know, she she's like you know, and I mean that's the great thing about this flick too is like so many movies of this sort of nature, like. You know, you you get you get your squad of heroes in there, and then half of them get wiped out. The yep. great thing that Cameron does with this script is he actually gives the characters time to mourn. Like you yes. know, like Vasquez is like there's a whole thing after they've just gotten fucked over completely. They're in the APC, uh, no, yeah, the, yeah, the APC, um, yeah, and they're all just like gathering their resources, bandaging their wounds. And you can see, man, like, you know, Vasquez is fucking, you know, she's mourning Drake, but she's trying to hold it in and she's, you know, acting pissed off and stuff like that. Hudson's completely freaked out. Like, you know, he's checking the monitors and he's like, you know, hey, fucking the Sergeant Dietrich is still alive and, you know, we've got to go back yeah. and rescue him. And, yeah. you know, everyone's just trying to fucking sort shit out and, like, you know, get over this massive loss that they've just fucking faced. And, like, you know, the cool thing is it's like, Ripley's there and you can tell that Ripley is like having some fucking big feelings, but yeah. she's holding it in because she's seen all this. She's been through it all before. Exactly. And like, that's the moment where she almost takes charge. Like, you know, and it's yeah. just so fucking well done, man. Like it really is. Like, like I just... Rip- yeah, Ripley, she, she, um, yeah, you really nailed that one. Like, I mean, she really, she almost, takes it upon herself to, and she kind of does in a way, she kind of takes that maternal leadership role yeah. um, beautifully, but just watching and observing everything going down, she you could see her processing every, because she was still coming to terms with the fact that she just lost her crew. And well, she, not only that, yeah. but like, especially with the extended cut, which is fucking yeah. great. Like, you know, oh, there's yeah. that whole scene where she finds out her daughter has died of old age. Exactly. You know, yeah, and that was fucked just, up. She's fucking broken. She's like, you know, I told her I'd be home for her 11th birthday. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a good scene. And I think it sucks that that was cut from the theatrical version because it's like I think so too. that fucking scene informs 
everything about Ripley's character from Especially there on. That, because it's like, and, and that relationship between her and you as yeah, well yeah, really yeah. solidifies well, like, that. Without that, it's like, okay, Ripley hates the aliens. She's traumatized by them. But I think yeah. with that scene in there, it completely changes everything in the movie because it's like, it does. no, no, no. Ripley's a fucking mum and she's caring for this kid and these people like a yeah. mum or a family yeah. unit and stuff like that. It's not just about her hating the aliens. It's like, it's about her being a mother and being protective and, you know, wanting to save these people and all this yeah. sort of shit. And it just, yeah, I think it really, like that one scene, I feel it really changes that character completely. Yeah, it really does, man. Yeah, it's 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 huge, man, and and like, I mean, even even the scene where the facehugger escapes from its, you know, when Burke sabotages the facehuggers in the jars, and um, you know, when that moment when she realizes her and Newt are potentially fucked, mm. she handles that so well, like that. She it's like she's been through it, and she knows what to do, and she handles it really well, and. Um, yeah, I, that, that's one of my favourite scenes. I, I love Oh, that dude, scene. that whole scene is just... Like, there is not a... Like I said, man, not a loose screw in this entire nah. machine. And, like, nah. that that whole scene is great and it's so tense and, like... Yeah, I mean, I think the great thing that Cameron does is, that like, you know, by, by having half of them... Like, he lets us get to know the Marines, like the Sarge yes. and everyone else. Yeah. And then he wipes them out. So, yeah. as a viewer you're kind of left going, holy fuck, like, everyone's kind of fair game in this thing. Like, yeah. is anyone going to get out of this? It kind of takes a, an approach from the first film of the suspenseful build-up, like, introduces it to these characters, make them look awesome and rad, and then, um, you know, and, and just really set the tone, and then out of the blue, man, shit just, as soon as they kill that, that, um, that first civilian... Yeah, and that chest burster, fucking, it's on, and it's on something fierce, you know. And, and um, the, dude, the sound design in that scene, oh, like the, the ribs cracking and stuff, it's like, yeah, oh my fucking god, so like, good. That's so the good. great thing about this flick too, is that it's actually scary. Mm, it's frightening. That first film is just beautifully, uh, just matched in this film in this sequel. Mm. It's good, like, um, yeah, just like, I mean, he, he, you look at these Marines, they're, they're armoured, they've got these fucking plasma rifles, they're, you know, they're fucking, you think, yeah, okay, on, on paper, these guys should be able to fucking dance with the devil, you know, but yeah. no, man, these aliens are fucking, they are literally the perfect killing machine. Well, and the build-up for it, too, is like, you know, you've got Hudson doing that whole fucking little speech that he does about how he's the ultimate badass in the, yeah. the dropship. Yeah. And then it's just like, nah, dude, you're just kind of going to get fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like he goes through all these weapons they have and you're just thinking like, man, these guys are just going to go in there and kick some ass. And then they just get completely decimated. Yeah, it was great, man. Um, yeah, there was, there was, there was really cool, really cool one-liners in there. Um, I love, you, you know, they mostly come out at night, mostly. Yeah. You know, just little things like that. Um, but yeah, dude, the, the fucking, um, the way Bur even Burke's character's built up, you know, you know, you know, you want to hate him, 
and you do, and he gets the poetic finish, um, you know, when he's on the run and um, the fucking alien catches up with him. It's um, that, that moment's super cool. And yeah. you try to cheer it on. You go, yeah, fuck yeah, die, motherfucker. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool scene. But uh, oh, so many cool scenes. Dude, yeah. And, I mean, the score, like, this, we've got to talk mm. about the score. because like, Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was James Horner, was it? I'm pretty sure. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, that score is just fucking iconic as fuck. Like James Horner did a Hellraiser too, right? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure he did, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a brilliant score, man. Um, yeah, it's either James like Horner or Alan Silvestri. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure. It's one of the two. Um, Both of which friggin' amazing. Yeah. But, um, oh, man, just, yeah. Like, that score is just absolutely iconic. Isn't it? just so good man and and just like uh just that that opening title you know matched the sound and the visual of the opening title is just so you yeah straight away it's advertising what to expect and it ain't gonna be pretty yeah i mean you know like the the i mean the, the great story of james cameron's pitch where it's like you know he came in to pitch aliens and he like just had a whiteboard and he wrote alien on there and then put an S on the end and dollar signs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, you weren't wrong. And I mean, I know the shoot was really, really torturous. Um, did you know about the fact that Hicks was recast at the last minute? No, I didn't actually. Okay, fun story. Um, so originally Michael Bean wasn't Hicks. Um, they had another actor, which you'll find really, really interesting. James Remar. Yeah. Yes, now I remember. Yes, yeah. sorry, I I did know that. Yes, yeah, he was. Yes, fuck yeah, James Remar. I mean, fucking yeah, dude. I would have loved to have seen James Remar as Hicks, but I'm glad we got Michael Biehn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Remar would have done a fucking great job because he's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, Michael Biehn just completely owned that character. Yeah, dude. I mean, like just like you say, the the suave cool fucking you want to be that guy i think james remar would have brought a bit of that ajax personality yeah yeah that's that's the vibe i think he probably would have gone with like he probably would have been a bit more gung-ho and yeah um i think the chemistry between him and ripley would have been that good no Um, no. whereas it was there like i mean you look at you only got to look at his relationship with Sarah Connor in the first Terminator film. Yeah. And you, you just know straight away it's it's poetic the way he just, that he, he just, just brings connects. this cool, quiet reserve to those characters. Um, yeah. That really works for them. Like, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I mean, I, I really feel like Michael Bean is a very internal actor in terms of like, he's got he a great way of conveying that his character is thinking and going through shit without having to vocalize it or um, over gesture or anything like that, or, you know, spraying his face doing like expressions and air quote acting. He's just such a great, quiet, reserved internal actor. And I think that's exactly what Hicks needed. The same as Kyle Reese did. Like, you know, he just, he completely made those characters iconic. Well, it's just interesting even just introduced both Ripley and Sarah Connor to, to combat as well. Like just yeah. the time he spent showing Ripley how to fire, you know, how to use a pla- um, 
plasma rifle and just yeah. shit. I just really, um, yeah, I, I just think really heightens that relationship between the actors, his performance. Um, yeah, all those points he just brought up. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of that too is just down to James Cameron's fucking writing, man. Like this script I is think just so, like, too, man. it's, it is tight as a fucking drum and everything, yeah. you know, it, it's, I feel like it's almost a, an art of script writing that has kind of fallen by the wayside because it's like he, the plot, and it's the same with Terminator. It's like this movie doesn't stop. Like it does not no. stop, but while it's going there are these quiet little character moments and you know quiet little tension moments but it's it's always just fucking rocketing forward and like you yeah. know it's like the the clock's fucking ticking non-stop but yeah. he still manages to like give it space to breathe he does. while it's still fucking you know it's like it's like a roller coaster it's like you know yeah it's just fucking rocketing along but then you've got those like build-ups yeah, where like this has a chance to breathe, and then it just fucking hits like you know the accelerator again. Mm, absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, the pace of the scripts, the pace of the film, the score, everything—it's—it's it's, like you say, it's a movie that, in, if you could sum it in one word, perfection. Mm, yeah, two it, words, it really is. horrific like, perfection. Yeah, yeah, it just really is. I mean, it's 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 just, I I honestly kind of feel that aliens like really I feel like it really introduced and defined the action horror genre it did it really set uh, it really set the pace mm, like I mean you see so much stuff that's come after it like Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake I feel is like really wearing its aliens fandom on its sleeve because it's very similarly paced like you know you've swapped out xenomorphs for zombies but you know the you've got really memorable characters, all yep. this other shit going. It's like you know it's very much riffing on what Cameron set up in Aliens. Absolutely, and the weapons, um, those weapons that they used in Aliens, man, you've seen that emulated so much in oh, today's dude, movies. Yeah. And I mean, look, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not a gun guy, um, no. but the pulse rifle's fucking rad, <laughs> dude. It's just fucking awesome, and and like. I mean, let's let's take a moment to appreciate the ultimate forklift. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, what the fuck, man? That I, I can't remember what the name of that unit was. The power loader. Yeah. The power loader, dude. Like, I mean, fuck. I, I I would just love to be a fly on the wall when he came up with that idea. Yeah, and we'll we'll have this forklift. It's like a fucking giant robot. Yeah. 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 It's like it's a massive just, uh, fucking mech exosuit or something like that. It's rad. Yeah. And and just that, the way that it is used in that final battle between her, uh, Ripley, and the Alien Queen is just, like, complete with that opening dialogue of get away from her, you bitch. It's yeah. like, man, that is just... Uh, oh, and, and, it, and I mean, yeah. Even the Queen's moment. response. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, that moment where Bishop gets ripped in half was just yeah. like, I mean, I remember the first time watching that as a kid and it was like, oh my fucking God. Like, yeah. you just, it, you did not expect it at all. And it's just, no. yeah, this movie is just absolutely fucking perfect. And it's one of those movies that's like, 
it's like Predator or, you know, Robocop, fucking 13th Warrior, like so many other movies that I have. It's just, this is a movie, if I'm standing there in front of my library and I want to watch something, but I have no idea what, I can always just put on Aliens and it is always great, always entertaining. And yeah, it's just, I remember fucking a billion years ago when I had like Foxtel, Mm. and aliens was on there it's like i would just like you know i'd be cruising around i'd like you know leave the tv spinning upstairs in the bedroom and you know have a movie playing so that i could like listen to something if i was like you know going upstairs to do something or whatever man aliens is one of those movies which every fucking time it's on tv i will stop and watch it like i don't care it's like i own it on fucking dvd vhs and blu-ray and i will always stop and re-watch it even if it's just on tv because it's just yeah it's such a great perpetually watchable film like yeah it's it's fun but it's deep you know you care about the characters like there are still moments that are just eye-poppingly like holy crap like wow you know no matter yeah, how many absolutely. times you've seen it yeah i mean even the video case that you know when you know rest in peace blockbuster video and all yeah. the video shops but like even when you saw that thing on the shelf you just had to take a moment to appreciate the fucking awesomeness of the cover. Yeah. Just like the artwork for that was so good. And the title just looked sick. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just well, even the there's tagline, so much to it's love. Like, even the tagline, like this time it's war, is just like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I just thought, yeah, your, your little um, description of James Cameron's pitch. Like, uh, I wish I was there to witness that. That would have just been electrifying. Mm. Um, but yeah, dude, it was just, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That Between that and the first film is just p- sheer perfection. Like, there is just, um, there's very little to fault with it. You can't fault anything with it other than probably another hour of more action, which would have been great. Yeah. And I wouldn't have argued. No, man, no, no, not at all. I mean, I think Cameron was writing this and Rambo 2 at the same time. Right. Like, you know, it's like that guy's output is just amazing. Like, I mean, mm. it's like, you know, you got Terminator, you got T2, you got Aliens, you got The Abyss, you've got, you know, he wrote um, wrote Rambo 2. He also wrote Strange Days, which is my favorite film of all time. It's brilliant like yeah through lies um you know titanic like i mean yeah dude you cannot fault the guy's output at all i mean i do kind of find it i mean look hey he's an artist he can do whatever the fuck he wants but i do find it kind of disappointing that he's doing nothing but avatar films at the moment because it's like yeah i would love to see cameron go back to doing some of his output from his earlier days because like, yeah, man, when he's on, he's so fucking on. He is, isn't he? Like, I mean, the guy knows how to blow shit up, how to fucking blow a script up and just, yeah, just give us everything on the screen. That's the thing, man. He's just, yeah. It's like he he's one of those guys that, like, I feel like we've got, we've got a lot of fucking great directors that can give us spectacle nowadays. Like, you know, mm. um, Michael Bay. Like, look, whatever you want to say about Michael Bay, anyone listening i probably agree with you but the guy does make an exciting movie like that freeway chase in bad boys 2 is 
amazing and like you yeah know, the, the dude knows how to like blow shit up and do some fucking wild stuff but unfortunately his writing isn't the best Cameron on the other hand is one of those guys that like he can deliver everything he can give you the most fucking amazing wild fucking flick you've ever seen like true lies is fucking insane ah oh, dude but yeah. he also gives you like really great characters that you give a fuck about and it's like I don't know. For me, it's like a movie without characters I give a fuck about. It's like, why am I even watching it? Like, Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm watching this. I'm I'm on the roller coaster ride, but at the end of it, it's going to be ultimately forgettable. Yeah. Uh, and Cameron just never gives you that. Like, even shit like Titanic, which is not really my bag. Like, I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's an amazing accomplishment in terms of visual effects and what he did with it. Um, it's not a film that is a film that I go back to regularly. Like I think I've watched it maybe twice in the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like you made me give a fuck about this movie. Like I actually went mm. to see it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I was invested in the characters, even though it's not, you know, massively my thing, but you, and it's like, Man, I'm going into Titanic, and it's just like, why the fuck am I watching this? The fucking boat sinks. I know the boat sinks. Like, yeah, I've read, I've read a history book. Like, but it's, it's know. the, re- it's the relationships that, and, and you touched on this earlier. It's the relationships that he builds between his characters. That's, exactly. That's the selling point. Yeah, like and that's on the, top that's of the all thing. the action. Yeah, yeah. Every Cameron movie, like, I mean, even The Abyss. The Abyss is so totally a love story between Ed Harris and um, Mary Elizabeth. Uh, Master Antonio, I think I pronounced mm. her last name right. I'm sorry, Mary. Well done. If I got well that done. wrong, but um, she'll yeah. get over it. But yeah, if she if she listens, I'll just be amazed that she's even listening. Um, <laughs> but it's like it's so totally a love story between those two characters. It's like this separated yeah. couple, and you know they're trying to. You know, Ed Harris wants to get his shit back. He still fucking loves her. Like you know, she's completely obsessed with this like love of the ocean and, and research and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, it's like you know even. Uh, True Lies is a love story between Arnold and Jamie Lee. It's like, you know, mm. this whole husband and wife that, like, you know, are discovering all these new things and getting a spark back in their marriage that feels a bit yeah. stale. Like, the guy, like, uh, people can sort of, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of stories where it's like, you know, Cameron's a fucking monster and he's hard to work with and all this sort of stuff. But the guy but, understands human relationships yeah, better man. than a lot of fucking big blockbuster directors at his level. Like, I mean, and you look at the movies he's given us, man, he, yeah. he like that. It speaks for itself, dude. And mm. if he's a hard driving director, um, fucking look at the quality of work he produces. I mean, fucking, I really, yeah. Yeah, dude, I feel, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. Okay. He might be a fucking bit of a hard on to be on set with, but it's like you can't argue with the results. Like, no, dude, that's the thing. He, yeah, he knows what he wants and he will go to great lengths to get what he wants. I mean, it means, yeah, yeah. I've always felt that Cameron is Spielberg for grown ups, Um, yeah, which is not a shot at Spielberg because I love Spielberg, but Spielberg, like, you know, if you look at their directing styles, I feel like Spielberg very much approaches everything he does with a childlike sense of whimsy. And that's fucking great because it totally works for him. It's like, you know, yeah. you look at like E.T., you look at um, the Indiana Jones movies, they're very much like that fun 1930s adventure thing. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, he, he very much approaches everything through the eyes of, you know, and I think that's fucking great that he's kept that kid in him alive to, you know, exp- I mean, God, man, look at Jurassic Park, like the opening of that movie and everything. Like it's, it's Jurassic Park is entirely told through the lens of childhood because it's like the amazement that you see in those scenes where you first see the dinosaurs yeah, but then the scary shit where you see like the dinosaurs that want to fucking eat you, like that's very that's a very childlike approach to stuff, and I think that's fucking cool and it works for it. But like with Cameron, Cameron yeah. very much yeah. has an adult viewpoint of stuff. Like you know, he's like, yeah, it's like Spielberg's like Spielberg is you watching movies when you're eight and going wow. Cameron is you watching movies where you're going in and going, fuck man, like I've got all this shit going on in my life and fucking, you know, my relationships are this or that or whatever. And I've got bills to pay and Cameron fucking gives you that sort of shit that you can relate to with his characters, no matter what what fantastical situation they're in. Yeah. And that's what he does with aliens, dude. He like, he fucking, he just slams it home. Like he, like he can watch that movie as an eight year old kid. You can watch it as a grown man. It is, yeah. uh, it is just an action horror packed epic. Yeah, of, on every conceivable level that spawned a fucking myriad of awesome fucking toys that I wish I'd fucking got. Um, I had some of those, games. man. It was so weird seeing those toys on shelves because it was like, ah, oh, dude, I wish I, I really wish I'd gotten my hands on a man. But I think yeah, I had but, what I had like. I think I had. I had Drake. I never had Hicks because I always wanted Hicks. I had Ripley. Yeah. Um, and I had a couple of aliens. I had like a scorpion alien, which was like the closest to like a general looking xenomorph that you can yeah. get. Um, and I had a gorilla alien, which looked like a general xenomorph, but on like steroids. Like, some of the aliens were just out of control, man. Like they, I, oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what the hell were thinking, but man, they just, they went to town and cre- gave us like, I don't know these these huge fucking face huggers. Yeah. Um, uh, th- yeah, like you say, the Marines, the um, the, but some of the aliens, like the bull alien and the scorpion yeah. alien, and all, it was just crazy, dude. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, but like, yeah, the merchandising was cool, and so much so that they've you know brought it back now um, at twice, well, probably three times the price of what you paid for originally. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and and like, and you've also got fucking. Uh, they had the the really cool video game, the arcade machine. Mm. Uh, do you remember the Aliens arcade machine? With the you had the pulse rifles. It was a two player co op like um, Operation Wolf. That just yeah. those really cool um, sort of POV kind of shoot 'em up games, but with aliens. Yeah, and it was it was equally terrifying. And on an arcade level, it was so cool. Oh, and dude, I mean the PlayStation game, the Alien yeah. PlayStation game, dude. Hey, dude, awesome. the amount of fucking like, I really want to get that again because like, yeah, the amount of stress relief, like once you found out the cheat code, pink acid yeah. boots for anyone that's wondering, <laughs> where it just made you invulnerable and gave you unlimited ammo. Ah, uh, just coming home from work. 
and like having a shit day and just like throwing that on and just like cruising around and just like fucking hammering aliens. Like, fuck yeah. Oh, dude, it was just so stress relieving. It was just like, yep. I'm just going to go in here. I'm going to throw fucking seismic survey charges and nuke these fuckers everywhere. I mean, yeah. it was pretty much a, do- a doom knockoff, but it still worked great. Yeah, I had the same joy playing the um, playing the video games, man. Like, I and like, fuck, dude, the, the alien games are just. There's so many of them um, that you know they've all got great thing qualities about them. But the Aliens arcade machine was awesome because. Yeah. It was just like the gun vibrated in your hands. You had the grenade launchers. Um, aliens just didn't seem to stop. And it was just fucking awesome. And I mean, again, you know, all this complemented the awesomeness of James Cameron's movie. It yeah. was just uh, cinematic triumph. On, I mean, I, I feel like there's two schools of thought on the Alien franchise. Like there's, you've got yeah. your people who are like, you know, Ridley is the dude like Ridley absolutely you know created it and you know just mastered it and it's I funny because not... Walt... sorry yeah. I was just about to say Walter Hill was originally yeah. attached to that film so, yeah, yeah 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 and I mean I'll never take away from Ridley I think he did a great film but it's like yeah I really feel like and you know this would get me in trouble in like film circles I'm sure but you know what bite me um fuck him <laughs> I just really feel like Cameron took something that was great and perfected it even more because it's like, like, you know, Ridley did a a great film. It's a great horror film. It's very atmospheric. It's a slow burn. It's brilliant. No doubt. Aliens on the other hand is just like, I mean, okay. You could argue that Ridley did a way more serious movie and Cameron did a crowd pleaser, but yeah, I kind of hang towards the crowd pleaser side because this is such a great movie. It leaves you up and feeling good at the end of it. I mean, Alien it is a very dour ending. It's just like, okay, it, everyone it dies. Is. Ripley and her cat are just like stuck in this fucking hypersleep thing. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen to them. Whereas this one, it's just like, you know, I mean, until you get to Alien 3 and it all goes pear-shaped. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I do, I do have a soft spot for Alien 3 but I do have issues with it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think like aliens is just, it is a fucking perfect film. It's a fun ride. It's working on a lot of different levels. Um, like I think the script is fascinating and the older I get and the more I watch it, the more I get out of it mm. um, as a viewer, like, you know, watching it through like, you know, different times in my life it's like ah oh, okay and 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 the practical effects are superior to you know so much of the cgi bullshit that we oh, see today dude, right like i mean know, the, the practical effects dude. are just amazing dude i mean i'm i'm sure the budget was ridiculously spent on on practical effects but dude the final result on screen is just incredibly beautiful yeah. oh man yeah it's amazeballs yeah I agree. It's just like, man, there's just so much going on and the set design and everything like uh, uh, Acheron, the planet Acheron itself looks fantastic. The colony um, just, yeah, the the whole exploration of Acheron in the extended cut is really cool. Um, Yeah, it's just fucking, I, I don't know. There's just so much to love in every component and facet of the film. 
Well, and the, I mean, the subtle horror of this flick is really like, I mean, you know, you especially the extended cut, you see these kids like riding their little fucking three-wheeler trikes around the, the corridors yeah, and stuff like yeah. that and everything. And then you get there later and it's like, you know, you can't help but like think, like you keep that in your brain and you can't help but like get there later when the Marines are exploring everything. The place is fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, those kids are dead. Yeah. Like everyone here is dead and they have died. And then you see the fucking victim they find on the wall with the chest burster, that first chest burster we see. Yeah. Here, yeah. And how absolutely. horrible that is. And it's just like, yeah. it just all clicks together. It's like, all of these people died and they died like this. And that's yeah. fucking terrifying. It's like, oh my God, that's fucking awful. It's so masterfully done. It's like, you know, he doesn't have to go for the fucking, the obvious thing of like, you know, showing us dead kids or whatever, any of that shit. No, it's just like, no, nah, it's all implied and it all works at a really, really great level. And it's really fucking scary. Yeah, it's rad. Just like the makeshift barricades, the, the welding, the yeah. welded doors, all that sort of stuff. That gives you an indication of how brutal things got there and what the, 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 um, the, the civilians were going through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to survive against impossible odds. Mm. yeah it was fucking great man yeah, um man. i really enjoyed it and um yeah if ah oh, fucking heaven forbid if no one's ever seen it fuck me oh uh, yeah if, if i can't imagine anyone not having seen aliens but if you haven't please please do like yeah check it out watch cameron's extended director's cut um it's so fucking worth the two and a half three hours it'll take you like it's so great like i just yeah and yeah you don't have to watch the first film or anything like you can no you don't that's the great thing about this too it's like it is a sequel you can literally just jump into and it's one of those great sequels where it actually makes you want to go back and watch the first one like it gives you enough information to know what has happened but still enough of a mystery for you to go I really want to check that out. I'm, I'm curious now. Like It's so good like that because, uh, like, I mean, how many sequels have you watched that, that give you that same uh, effect? Um, I, I can't really think of any because that one, it, it, it is that kind of standalone sequel. It's that kind of sequel that can just be a standalone film on its own merit. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, well, that's uh, the thing. It's like it's so, so many nowadays, it's like, you know, you pretty much – have to have, I mean, even like, even, I mean, I guess, I guess you could argue Empire Strikes Back does work on its own, but yeah, I yeah. really feel like with Empire, you're kind of missing something if you haven't watched the original Star Wars. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, same with like Lord of the Rings, etc. Well, I mean, Lord of the Rings, it's like if you jump into the two towers without having seen, you know, Fellowship, you're just going to be going, huh? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and but aliens. Here, yeah. Aliens just does it, man. It, it just fucking just nails it. And and like you say, the, just the sheer action, the pace, the horror. Uh, if it doesn't get your heart racing, man, go see a doctor. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> like, seriously, it's um, it's that good, man. And, and um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I will fight anyone to the death to, to defend this movie. Um, and I don't think it needs defending because I'm yet to meet a person that, didn't get something from it in yeah. a positive light. Um, yeah, it's just such a, a 
such a grand masterpiece film that should be praised for years to come. Oh, dude, absolutely. Like, it, it is just, yeah, there, there is. The, the last thing I can say about this movie is that it is a perfect film. There are, There's a lot of great movies out there, but I could probably think of, like, maybe a list of, out of, like, you know, the millions of films that have been made, a list of mm. maybe a hundred or possibly under that are absolutely perfect. And it's like, yep. you know, for, for perfection, it's got to be timeless and, you know, well-crafted and just something that you can rewatch over and over and over. I think Jaws is a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, yep. Aliens is definitely a perfect movie. Like, yeah, man. Like it, it's just there. It is. It's, it's literally, you could, you could fucking, take aliens like you could you know that movie yesterday where it's like what if the beatles never existed yeah yeah like you could literally pluck aliens out of 1986 travel to a parallel universe where no one had ever seen it release this movie today and i reckon it would still go fucking gangbusters like it would still make a fucking mint absolutely it would just and people would still lose their shit over it yeah i mean and and you could the the marketing behind it everything like it's the kind of movie it's it's it really is a timeless classic it is it is um it's a fucking just a music is a movie juggernaut man like it's very few movies can touch its awesomeness um just the, the just the overall grand um just every component of that film is perfection, as you say. And like, yeah, if you released it today, man, like, I don't know, this is the thing we talked about earlier, like where, where we're talking about a lot of CGI stuff that you, you struggle to remember a lot of the cool bits. Whereas aliens, you remember all the cool bits because it's so practical and just jaw droppingly good. That's how I feel anyway. And I've lost Jake. Oh, oh well. Good as time as any for a commercial break. Yeah, bastards. But bastards. yeah, no. Um, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I was going to just going to say that that I mean, effects wise. That first scene where Ripley comes in and sees the queen in the hive with, you know, the fucking eggs and everything everywhere Man. is just like, that is just, this is a film filled with iconic shots. Like it is a beautiful looking movie. And yeah. that like the thing that Cameron does so well is like, he gives you the scope and knows where to put the camera for maximum impact. And it's like, when you see that, like, cause it's like, that's, that's such a great reveal. Cause it's like, okay. We've seen the eggs before. We've seen the face hugger eggs in the first film and everything else. Yeah, but you we know, didn't know where they came from. Yeah, we didn't know where they came from. We've seen the like the 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 drones, the xenomorph yep. warriors. Yeah, like you know, and then we've been hearing like you know Hudson and and Vasquez and everyone theorizing about like you know oh there must be like a fucking queen or something like that, and then you see it and it's like holy fuck, like yeah, it's wow. something else, isn't it? Yeah. But it sort of makes you ponder the in the first film without getting too deep into it. The first film, like we are led to believe that it, it's an alien drone, yet uh, 
if you watch the um, director's cut of Alien, it you know Dallas and all that getting cocooned and mm. face hugged as well. It's like, well, okay, how does that work? You know, because yeah. um, that alien's not an alien queen. So um, I don't know. Just one of them weird points that I guess hence why they scrapped those scenes in I the think, final cut. I do remember reading something at some point where someone had like, you know, done a deep dive into like hypothetical, like xenomorph biology and stuff. Like oh that. yeah. Yep. And yep. someone had theorized that like an alien, like a, a drone is capable of making one egg. Like right. own, if it's out there in space to sort of like, you know, perpetuate the species. Cause there's this whole theory uh, out there that you know you can look into if you feel like it. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but like yeah, you know, xenomorphs are basically like you know space aids almost. Like you know, wow. they, they just <laughs> like they just go throughout the universe, just fucking killing everything. Like this was yeah long before Prometheus or any of the prequels or anything. And I mean, personally, I don't feel like the xenomorphs ever needed an origin. I like the idea no. that they're just this fucking they're just death. They just yeah, they look, exist out there and I they agree. just wipe out everything. I agree. Um, so, yeah, there's this whole theory that this guy hypothesized that, um, you know, a single, like, yeah, the queen can produce multiple eggs and everything else, but, like, mm. you know, a single drone or, you know, whatever can go out there. Like, because this whole theory was, like, you know, there are drone xenomorphs and then there are warrior xenomorphs and, you know, the ones on LV-426 were warriors. Which you see in the action figures as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. You know, so like, yeah, there's this whole theory that like, you know, um, yeah, a drone could produce one egg in its lifetime um, that would produce a face hugger that would go on and, you know, potentially that face hugger could be, you know, one that produces a queen or something like that. So it's like, you know, the species is way of like perpetuating itself throughout the universe and fucking shit up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of that stuff's been theorized and even explored in in say even the Dark Horse comics and yeah, man, the yeah. more recent um fucking phenomenal Marvel comic series yeah. of aliens. Um yeah, and I think uh, and there was even a a, a post aliens um spin-off of sorts uh one shot that was produced by Marvel as well, which was fantastic as well. It explored yeah. a bit more of the marine side of things and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there has been little dives here and there, but honestly, fuck, every time you just go back and watch Aliens, that's all you need, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. You don't need some backstory. You don't need any of that shit, man. Well, You've just got. You know, man, I, I, I think there's some things out there that don't need an origin. Okay. Like, no. And, you know, they have had origins done, and I'm not going to say that they're shit or that they're badly done. They're just. Some things in pop culture, I feel, get so much mystique about them that any attempt to do an origin is going to fall flat on its face. For example, aliens. Like, the xenomorphs don't need an origin. Like, they're there, they're badass, they're death, they're cool. Darth Vader, I don't feel ever needed an origin. No. Like, everything that was hinted at about Vader's origin in the original trilogy and stuff like that gave a way more vivid and imagined it sparked off way much more in your imagination than ever seeing it could wolverine wolverine and the joker don't need origins i don't know i I really don't feel they need one i feel like there's enough cool mystique about certain characters that you don't need to go into their backstory because anything's going to be 
a bit of a letdown than what you've imagined or the possibilities that you've imagined in your mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I and just... that's how I feel with the Xenomorphs too, man. Like you, exactly, you've got these dude. perfect killing machines. They, they have one train of thought. They can't be trained. They can't be fucking controlled. They are, they just are. That's all that that is. And that's the cool thing, man. It's like, you know, from, from the original alien trilogy, like before the original alien films before, you know, uh, Prometheus or anything came out. It's like, you didn't know, you didn't know whether these things were some biologically engineered organism and who the fuck would make this thing and send it out into the fucking universe. And like, what was it like some fucking complete and utter nihilist or you don't know if they just evolved organically as like some sort of anti-life thing. Like, yeah, you know, because I mean, that's the thing with the xenomorphs. Like, they are a perversion of life, like the whole, you know, forced pregnancy thing with the face yeah. huggers and yeah, everything, man. how violent, you know, the birth cycle is. It's like, you know, there's some <clears throat> well, that, deeply that all fucked com- up shit. Yeah. That. Well, that all complements um, H.R. Geiger's vision. Um, well, exactly, his, yeah. I his mean, pseudo-erotic visions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all very Geiger and very, I mean, I love Geiger, but it's like, Holy shit, dude! There's a lot of fucking shit to unpack with your artwork. <laughs> yeah, totally, man, totally. And and you know they they only really scrape the surface in these films mm. with, between Alien and Aliens. Um, and I, I feel like they complemented Geiger's vision quite well. Um, without getting too crazy into the eroticism yeah. of of what he created in in his art, but um, yeah, like I, I think they really like James Cameron really under he just took Ridley Scott's original vision. Geiger's um, art vision and just really, I, I don't know, understood the material and just gave us something just fucking special and unique, man. Mm. Like, honestly, yeah, we've said this a few times and, it, it, yeah, my my final thoughts uh, is just, yeah, if, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Uh, and if you have, watch it again for the thousandth time and just just go back to that time in 1986 and just fucking, yeah. Have a peppy yeah. and smile. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, my, my, my final thoughts is uh, this movie's perfect. Like it's, I've, I cannot tell you how many times I have watched it over the years. It's probably well into the hundreds since yeah, I same. first, I think the first time I saw this would have been like maybe 1989, I guess, possibly. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, like I mean, I you know I was I was a bit too young in 1986 to go and see it at the cinemas, which I always regret. But uh, yeah, like this movie is just fucking great. It's just perfect. It's flawless. There's so many thematic elements running through it. So many great characters. So many great performances from the cast. Yeah, um, it's beautiful to look at. Like it is just. There's nothing in here you could possibly complain about except no. for the fact that, you know, the franchise never really felt like it hit these heights again, which is no. kind of a bummer. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, Aliens just gave us not only the fucking ultimate sequel, but it just gave us, you know, the kind of movie it's like, you didn't really need anything after that because no, you just can't it, top it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the curse of James Cameron. It's like, yeah, you know, it's Terminator. It's like no other Terminator film has ever come close to hitting the heights of T two and exactly Aliens. It's like you know, 
I got a lot of love for what Fincher did with number three because I got a lot of love for Fincher, but it's number three feels like far more of a sequel to the original. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah, like nothing has come close to hitting. Like Cameron just sets the fucking bar way too high. Yeah, he, he really, you know, he's one of them few guys that just takes the bar and just doesn't just raise it. He just fucking blows it through the roof, man. Yeah, he just, I mean, look, Cameron, yeah, he doesn't it's raise a mic the bar. Drop, he just like picks, he picks the bar up and just kind of throws it over his shoulder and goes, oh, he won't be fucking needing that. He just gets <laughs> in your face, slams, slams you for six and then drops the mic, man, and just walks yeah. off. You know, and you, you can't fucking you can't top it, man. It's no. it's it's fucking all there. The merchandising, uh, the video games, the comic books, um, man. There's just Alien. Aliens has resonated in every sci-fi horror film since. Oh, um, fucking absolutely. even even the badass Commando films that follow, man. Like those teams, you can't tell me that they're. A half a month modeled off the Marines. Well, I mean, dude, look at Predator. You cannot say that Arnie's squad in Predator is not heavily influenced by what Cameron did with Aliens, which was yeah. just a, a year earlier when yeah. Aliens yeah. came out. Yeah. yeah. Well, Aliens would have come out around the same time Predator was filmed, yeah. like start getting ready to gear up to shoot. And yeah, you can't tell me that, like, you know, Sh- I know Shane Black did work on the script for it and everything. You can't tell me that he didn't go and see aliens, look at the way that commando squad was modeled and go, Hey, that works really well. Let's get some of that over here. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, I love what he did with the guys in predator, but man, the the team in aliens is just, man, such a motley crew. Really? Seriously. Well, I mean, I know, I know Cameron modeled them off. um, He wanted to model them off. Uh, basically, Vietnam era troops that were he like nailed it. they, nailed you know, it. he 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 said often that he he modeled them after Vietnam era troops that were like at the end of their tour and yeah. you know kind of a bit burnt out, like discipline and morale had kind of gone down the down. The and tubes, you see so. that you see that hard hard chiseled yeah. um, vibe visually with their helmets, um, just the personalities. And just the way they personalize themselves, yeah, mm. um, it, it's all there. And, yeah, it's fucking amazing. I, I fucking Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got, like, Drake's got, like, fucking chicken bones or something hanging from yeah. his hair and shit. Yeah, like... man. Yeah. And, like, Hudson and, and Hicks, man, the, there's, there's unique personality traits about each of them that just really – it just really celebrates that that marine spirit that um yeah, yeah we saw yeah Vietnam um with the Vietnam um Marines yeah absolutely man yeah 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 man fuck yeah dude aliens man friggin rips it through the stratosphere well, I mean, that, and that's, then that's actually that's that's a weird thing that I've also got to add is like I know um Cameron had said that a lot of the influence too was based on Vietnam where it's like, you know, you've got the American soldiers, which are this like technically proficient, you know, well-equipped force going up against, you know, an enemy that's like way less technologically advanced or anything, but still kicks yeah. their ass. And that's the thing, man, those aliens, the shit of them, it, it's kind of, it really, the parallels to between that and Vietnam war without getting too dark and morbid. I mean, mm. it's kind of, crazy i mean these aliens they move like light through you know and they they appear out of very much like the Viet Cong. 
Yeah. So, yeah, the, the similarities are quite crazy, but um, mm. well executed in this film. Oh, man, absolutely. Fucking amazing film. I'm so glad we talked about it. So yeah, much man, love so for I, it. So I. I'm, glad, I'm glad we got to this one. Man, yeah. Like Alien, to talk about uh, so much more. You know, oh, in- dude, yeah. I mean, look, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface, but uh, yeah, the time, yeah. time is not our friend this week. <laughs> uh, time sucks this week, dude. But we will look if if you enjoyed this episode, uh, and you know, and even enjoyed our sentimental part one at the beginning of the episode, um, before the commercial break, um, yeah, there's more of that to come, man, for sure, man, because yeah. I I really enjoyed this episode. It sort of started emotionally strong um the realism is is there and then you know um just where we took it with the whole aliens thing was fucking great and yeah yeah, i'm i'm really keen to talk more about aliens um because it's very horror it's very freaky and um yeah and it works absolutely yeah (laughs) well it's been a it's been a treat man indeed until next time my friend damn straight dude and uh yeah we'll look forward to it yep for sure bro we will stay. we'll talk very very soon yeah stay freaky keep your, man keep your freak on yeah <laughs> ladies bye